story of Gunbutter. Episode 2. A smart kid, a lake, and a boat. This story begins many years ago with a young man called Gunbutter. Like most Mongolians, Gunbutter only had one name, and like most Mongolians, he only needed one name. A few years back, Mongolia realized it could no longer rely on just one name in a world of computers and databases and identity documents. It might be obvious to neighbors from this area that you could only possibly mean this Gunbutter, but computers weren't so smart. The government gave all Mongolians a one-off chance to pick their own family name to make life easier for the computers. It didn't work because they nearly all chose to call themselves Khan, after their national hero, Chinggis Khan, who we know as Genghis Khan, so they had to abandon that plan. But our Gambatar grew up long before anyone had heard of a computer, in a time and place where there were plenty of names to go round. He grew up in the north of Mongolia, near the Soviet border. Unusually, as well as grassland, there were mountains and a huge lake. The mountains were famous for their wolves, and the lake was famous for its boat. It was the only boat in all of Mongolia. To young Gambatar, it was magic. He couldn't wait for the summer when his family would pack their gear, muster their livestock and move to their summer grazing area. They pitched their gear right by the lake, the other side from the mountains. On a still day, when the grass fell quiet, he could hear the sailors sing songs about their boat. It was called the Sukhbatar, after a communist hero known as the father of the Mongolian Revolution. Across the lake, young Gambatar caught the words from the air and sang along with them. We're masters of the Sukhbatar. We're masters of the blue roads. We're crossing the blue waters, steering our mighty vessel. For a young nomad boy whose world was grass and hooves, the sight of this boat on the lake was as mysterious as a dragon, a ghost or a fairy. Gambatar was a smart kid. He learned to read and write. He learned Russian. He passed exams. Local party officials spotted his talent. Official letters were sent. Before long, an official letter arrived from the far-off capital, Ulaanbaatar. It was from the Ministry of Agriculture, informing Gambatar he should report there for work. Gambatar was the first from his clan to achieve such an honor. Family and neighbors held a big farewell party. The week before he left, his three closest friends took him on a hunting expedition in the mountains, where he shot a fine wolf. 
At the send-off, just before he climbed into the cab of the long-distance truck that would begin his long journey to his new life in the capital, his friends presented him with one of the wolf's paws. One paw each, a memento of their last days together. For his friends, the wolf paw was a way to remember their distant friend. For Gambatar, it was a piece of home to carry with him. Gambatar placed the paw carefully on top of his spare set of clothes and clicked shut the little leather briefcase that was all he was taking to start his new life in the capital. His friend's eyes blurred with tears as they watched the truck's dusty plume diminish and finally disperse, leaving no trace of its passage on the horizon. But by then, Gambatar's eyes were clear, fixed on the road ahead. In case you thought this whole story was made up, this is the lake shanty we played at the beginning of this episode. Unless you think we're making all that up too. We'd understand if you did and wouldn't take it personally. In fact, we know how you feel. As we've warned, fact and fiction are hard to separate in Mongolia in general, and this story in particular. For example, it's asking a lot of you to believe that the only boat in Mongolia is a tug. Before Gambatar's father was born, it had been hauled piece by piece across the mountains on horseback to the lake, where it was assembled by Soviet engineers. One day, the lake had a boat on it. And so it has been, every day since. In episode 3, the crisis meeting, we'll discover the origins of Gambatar's strange story and what set him on a journey way longer than his trip to the capital city. The series was written, narrated and produced by Sternwriter. Audio production by Samuel Wynne. The Truth Lies in Bedtime Stories is a see-through news production. See-through news is a not-for-profit social media network with the goal of speeding up carbon drawdown by helping the inactive become active. For more, visit seethroughnews.org. Thank you for listening.